Staples show will they won't they when will they edition we got Nicole Auerbach here and we're gonna talk about something that we talk about a lot behind the scenes at The Athletic we write stories about it pretty frequently too we talk about it here on the podcast because it's the only thing any of us is really talking about regarding college football is are they gonna play and if they're gonna play when are they gonna play and are they gonna play just each other is somebody going to play a non-conference game? It's been a very interesting weekend, Nicole, because you got news on Saturday out of Oklahoma and Kansas. Not only do they want to play another non-conference game, they want to play it earlier than any other non-conference game. Oklahoma schedules Missouri State for August 29th. Kansas schedules Southern Illinois for August 29th, which I think, given all the discussion we've been having that probably seemed a little odd to most people because we're like, wait, well, shouldn't you be going the other direction? Yeah, it was interesting because, and I think we've talked about this on this show before, but like a month, month and a half ago, this was all the rage. Like people were talking about, oh, should everybody move up to week zero? Should you try to play earlier? Because, you know, everyone was worried about that second wave and the winter and the flu season. And you had all these campuses that are already changed their academic schedules to end earlier. Uh, no fall breaks ending around Thanksgiving. So the thinking was, okay, so maybe we should start earlier when the weather is hotter and, you know, avoid the back end of the season. And then so much has shifted with all the outbreaks and so many college football hotbeds that everyone was like, wait, we need to push back. We need to push back because the healthcare systems are overrun. So it, I think it was very surprising to see two big 12 teams still go in that moving forward, moving up the season direction. I, I, that was my reaction. I, I thought that this, so this was something that was all the rage a while ago. And again, you know, especially as these leagues are getting closer and closer to making decisions about schedules and whether or not you play non-conference games. Um, I, I took it with a grain of salt, right? Because like, okay, like, you know, everyone is still planning and, and being optimistic about opening with their scheduled openers and these two just move them up. Right. But you know, again, a lot of the games that have been rescheduled or scheduled since other things have been canceled like I think of Stony Brook and Western Michigan like that game already got canceled right so like I think a lot of the things in the contingency plans are a little bit TBD but I but I understand the optimism and the hope and the planning to have a week zero opener yeah and I think if you look at Oklahoma Missouri State or, or, or Kansas Southern Illinois or if it gets scheduled TCU UNLV which is another game that was was kicked around for that weekend it can easily be canceled. You can right. you can push it. It you say you can get you know a week away from there and say no nope, no nope, never mind we're not going to do that. So it's not one of those like you wouldn't want to put a conference game there because you want to do everything possible to save that game. These if you have to cancel them, it's not the end of the world. Well, and I you know I was talking to a, a, a Power Five AD a couple weeks ago about scheduling. Like you know they had lost you know at least one game and and just like how it goes about and. He was saying it's there's a lot of agreements in place of games that have not been announced because there's so many contingency plans. And um, 
even the ones that are, obviously there's provisions in these contracts to get out of them. The game can't happen. Right. You know, so, so like it's, it's all hypothetical. And it reminds me of a conversation I had with an FCS AD like two months ago where they had already kind of, she was calling them arranged marriages where like, (laughs) We have a game against this team. It might not happen. You have a game that's also in, you know, against a team in California. This was the example. This was Idaho State. And they were looking at like, okay, well, if both of if California becomes like, you know, we just can't play in California, the two of us can play a backup game together. And it's like the I love that term arraign ma- I, I think I had that deal with a girl in high school where we had the deal if we were <laughs> if we both turned 30 and weren't married yet. Yeah, that we had to marry each other. That was the the rule. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's a it's a backup deal basically. It's like it's your you know whatever. But so I, I think there's a lot of those going around. Um, and I think once there's determinations about conference only or plus one models and things like that, like then that stuff can be determined. But you know the Big Twelve has been kind of the vaguest about their timeline. Like they seem to want to wait even longer than this week maybe for a scheduling model. So like I guess it makes sense that they're the ones that have two members publicly scheduling these games out. Well, they also have the least flexibility. You know, if you're the the Big Ten, the ACC, the SEC, the Pac-12, you can play a 10-game season if you want to. You could play a 12-game season for everybody but the Pac-12 if you wanted to. I don't think that anybody's going to get that far at this point, but the Big 12 can't. They they can play a nine-game conference season, and that is it. I don't think they're going to add one more random conference opponent to to fill it out to a 10-game schedule. So I see why they keep trying to do this. The final 22 teams have made their way down to Orlando and are ready to get back on the court. While the ending of this year's basketball season will be different than years past, there will not be a shortage of excitement, and there is no better place to get in on all the action than with DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. To celebrate the return of basketball, DraftKings will have not one, but two $1 million top prizes through the first two days of the resumed season. So get in on all the action now. If you haven't tried it yet, fantasy basketball is easy to play. Just pick eight players, stay under the salary cap, and pile up points for three-pointers, rebounds, assists, and more. There's no better way to put your basketball knowledge to the test than to compete for a shot at $1 million. But if basketball isn't for you, don't worry. DraftKings is offering plenty of fantasy golf action for this week's tournament. With millions of dollars up for grabs this week, there is no better place to have skin in the game than with DraftKings. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code RUN to get a free shot at millions of dollars up for grabs this week with your first deposit. That's promo code RUN to get a free shot at millions of dollars with your first deposit. Only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. It's going to have to happen at some point. They're going to have to say, here's what we want to do for the whole season. And that's what I want to talk to you about, Nicole, because you know we've heard from the Big Ten and we've heard from the Pac-12 that it's going to just be conference only. The SEC, the ACC, the Big 12 have not said anything to that effect yet. But the thinking is we're going to get some more clarity from the sec and the acc here in the next week or so what what do you think we're going to find out yeah so to your initial and the question that i'm getting you know 100 times a day about will they or won't they play i don't think we're going to find that out this week i think that decision is going come in august i think that there are multiple reasons for that but one is that on friday the ncaa board of governors they kick the can down the road their next meeting is August 4th, and it certainly seems like they're teeing it up to have a decision to say we're calling it on fall championships that we sponsor. This this would, would be it, soccer, cross-country, volleyball. All of those sports and FCS football. Correct. Okay. So at that point, 
FBS football is the only thing that's happening. Yeah, unless so, you want – I mean, you could play a season without a championship, but that – that would be a signal to to those schools to do to say no seasons for you guys. Don't don't bother. Yes, it's it's essentially, and it's not a perfect apples to apples comparison, but the NCAA did this in March. They canceled winter championships, obviously NCAA tournament, but they also canceled spring championships. And so, it, it, in effect, I mean, obviously players had to go home and schools were closing at that point. But in effect, it cancels the, the regular season. I, I suppose you could say. You know, let's say a league decides we're going to have a conference championship and that's what you're going to play towards could do that. But I think that most people are looking at the board of governors decisions as like the final decision about that fall sport playing at all competitions. So that's August 4th. You have had others say, you know, the latest possible days that you would need to make a determination about starting a season on time. You know, you've got fall camps set to begin in a lot of places. If they're supposed to open on September 5th, week one, um, August 7th is the key day. So, like, that's why that time frame, that week, is a very important week from those decisions. This current week, this is about, okay, if we play, what does it look like? Like, what is the format of what we play? Um, and, you know, we're expecting, you know, to get the, final, the finalized versions out of the, the Big Ten and the Pac-12 ideally about what their conference model looks like, who's playing who, and at what point in the, you know, what, when do they start? And then what is the flexibility on the back end look like if you need to make up games? Um, and then we are expecting to the ACC presidents meet on Wednesday. We're expecting something out of that. And the SEC has been pretty clear about the end of July as well. The only one that we might not get a full model is maybe the big 12. Let me, let me ask you about the, the ones that have already announced conference only because I, I when the Big Ten announced that it was interesting because the way it was phrased is it was to create maximum flexibility and the the season might be for lack of a better term the schedule might be a living document do you think they're gonna they're gonna put a schedule of here are the number of teams you're gonna play whether it's nine ten whatever that is and you're playing them on these dates or is it going to be Here's your division opponents that can play on these dates, and we're going to try to get some other games in in the back end. It's an interesting question. Um, I, I do think that even if it gets changed, you probably schedule it out with opponents, right? Um, but I do think those are conversations. Like your question about divisions is very important, right? It, the question, and this is something that's happening in the ACC as well, right? in these other conferences as well is, okay, if you aren't sure you're going to get all your games in, which no one is sure of that, and, you know, even if the ACC goes to a 10 plus one, it's very ambitious to try to get 11 games in in this. But do you play your divisional games first, or do you wait divisional games more than other conference games so that you have a semblance of a divisional race and you can have a championship? I'm just, um, I'm just imagining six consecutive weeks of hot ACC coastal action. Can you imagine? I was on a, so first of all, just shout out to ACC media because one of the greatest and most cohesive media cores out of everyone. And, um, Caroline Darney literally organized a zoom hospitality over the weekend because we did not have ACC media days. So I went on that. So we were just discussing about the possibility that like Notre Dame would Notre Dame join the league forever, which no, like, I don't think that that's an agreement. This is a one-year deal if they are kind of a full member, but it was like, 
what if you put them in the coastal? Like, or well, they'd or, have to win it because the other seven have won it the past seven years. Well, Andy, it gets even better. Then we went down this. We, we, you know, we opened this can of worms and start going down, you know, this path, and we get to the point where maybe this schedule that they come up with will get eventually get rid of divisions in the ACC, oh, and maybe the coastal beautiful. will just maybe the coastal will end on a perfect. Seven for seven. Oh, that would be beautiful because this is something that I've been pushing since they changed the rules for staging a championship game. The ACC absolutely needs to get rid of divisions. The, the Big Ten doesn't need them either. No, they don't because they're too, they're too un- unbalanced. The SEC is probably okay with them now that Georgia has gotten good enough yes. to be competitive same, with those teams. Same, same problem a couple years ago. But yeah, I mean, you don't need to have divisions, especially if they're imbalanced. Like, so I have been a proponent of that. But so I, so I think and this is one of the good things about seeing what these proposals look like. If you start from scratch and you're not keeping the home and away deals that you had on your 2020 schedule already, like you can get creative with this stuff. Right? Yes. You don't have these constraints well, and, and, that you and always have. You're, you're making a good point here. Cause one thing that when there is, discussion about changing schedules and changing divisions and changing the way things work, a lot of people come back to schools, athletic directors, coaches. Well, I, I was I was at their place last year. We're not going two years in a row. That just can't happen. This, you're right. This clears the board of everything. Yeah, and so I would love to see creativity. Like, and especially, and here's, here's another thing to take into consideration. If you're not sure about the back end of the season because of flu season and like a potential second wave, even though we're still in the first wave, then what about like rivalry weekend? Let's play it first because then if it gets canceled, you can put it on one of the bye weeks and play it, right? So I'm saying give me Michigan-Ohio State week one. Whatever week one is for the Big Ten, put those games first week. Well, and what a a reward for everybody – sitting through all this and being quarantined and everything, you've been wondering whether you're going to get college football or not. And and if there is college football, you get those games right away. Like you get Michigan, Ohio state right away. You get Auburn, Alabama right away. You get, well, you don't get Clemson, South Carolina probably, but you, you, but you get great conference rivalry games right off the bat, which I, I do think, would actually like, probably I, I, spear I would, the ratings, which remember ratings yes. are going to matter a lot this year. Cause you're not going to have many people in the stands if you have any at all. Yes. And I just think you do something like that because again, the way that when we get these models in all my conversations with people in different leagues, you're going to see built in, um, built in off weeks so that you can make up games if you need to for a divisional race. So let's say, let's say even if you start a week or two late. So again, the idea is let's look at the big 10, 10 games. 10 games over like a 13, 14 week period. Um, you can possibly move the championship games back, which was something they were looking at a month ago, which I reported on a month ago before, um, you know, things got really, really bad. But so if you do that on the back end, you could have a couple of empty weeks there to make up some games. But even if it's just 10 over 14 weeks, you could b- build in a, a week that everyone's off in October to make up some of the games in case there were, you know, again, we've seen two teams in the big 10 shut down, right. For 14 mm-hmm. days for quarantine, their whole team. So you build in things like that. So again, the games that you really want to play, you should try to schedule them early. You have more time to make them up. So I do think, and again, don't know because, you know, a lot of motive models are still floating around in all of these leagues. You could, I would think you're going to see divisional games early so that you can have a semblance of a conference race. I, I think that would be a lot of fun and would help them, 
because the the TV ratings would be through the roof early. Yeah. And that they're going to need that because there's going to have to be negotiation. This is something we haven't even really gotten to yet. If they play at all, negotiation with ESPN, with Fox, what are you going to get? You know, how much are you paying for this? And yeah. this is this is going to be there, – there are so many moving parts to it. And you just mentioned the Rutgers and the Michigan State thing. Rutgers and Michigan State have, have shut down their voluntary workouts because they've, they've got to go into quarantine. What happens if they've started practice and this happens? What happens if they've started games and something like this happens? Now's the time to get your student loan payments under control. You could be saving by refinancing your student loans with Earnest. If you've been making the same monthly payment on your student loans for the last couple years, odds are you could reduce your payment and save by refinancing with Earnest. Even if you've refinanced before, with today's low rate environment, most people could save by refinancing again. Checking your new rate is fast and easy. To start, complete a few questions online. It only takes about two minutes. Then get a personalized rate estimate without affecting your credit score. Want to change your monthly payment, combine many loans into one easy payment, or get a better rate? Earnest makes it easy. Plus, there is no origination fee or any other fees. Plus, the internet loves Earnest customer service. They're rated 9.4 out of 10 on Trustpilot. And now you can get a $100 cash bonus when you refinance a student loan with Earnest.com slash Andy Staples. Once again, you get a $100 cash bonus when you refi your student loan at Earnest.com slash Andy Staples. That's Earnest.com slash Andy Staples. Based on the guidelines, which are basically CDC recommendations on on this, but based on the NCAA guidelines and recommendations, which the Power Five leagues are adopting, um, you know, they they have the contract tracing rules. They have the people who are within, you know, X amount of feet for X amount of time, um, whatever they're defining as close contact. There's a list of, you know, the specifics that would count. Which which would be Um, your entire defense or your entire offense if it's a a time when you're practicing or playing. Yes. Yes. And so, so it's, it's been very interesting because some teams have opened um, that next phase of, you know, more required workouts in larger gatherings. And I was talking to a uh, defensive coordinator in the power five about that. And they were saying that everyone's being really careful about this and the pods and the way, like, obviously you're separating your starting quarterback from your backup because you don't want to wipe out the whole position group, but it's been very, very hard on the coaches. And then also as you can now do more, Yes, you can keep, you know, first teamers away from second teamers, but if you're doing like you're just describing any drill with like an offense and a defense on the field at the same time, no one has figured out what does that mean for the offensive line and the defensive line. Yeah, I mean, here is the thing and this is the the big thing that is hanging over the entire sport. I was talking to a coach about this the other day. And he put it very well. Eventually we're going to have to actually play football. And that's the problem. And that, that is what you run into because, you know, we're watching baseball get played and it's cute when the first baseman has a, a little jar of hand sanitizer to, to give to everybody who gets on base. and Loved it. Uh, but in football, you're hitting each other every play. In baseball, the collision at the plate is the only contact play. Now, basketball, it is a collision sport too or a contact sport too, but everybody's in a bubble in the NBA. They don't have it. You know they don't have it, yes. so you don't have to worry about it. Yeah. Football is going to be a different animal, and, and, and it's not just college football because the NFL is not bubbling either. Right. So you have the, the lack of the bubble is a huge, huge factor that's different. And baseball right now is the only other sport that's traveling for right. games. So it's like those are both unknown aspects to this. Um, 
And like you said, the, the sport itself is different. So, so again, we still don't know what would be the threshold to shut down a game, the amount of positives. We also don't know like what the amount of positives and if it depends, you know, how, how many people they've interacted with or impacted to even shut down the team because the numbers out of Michigan State and Rutgers weren't that high. But clearly, you know, either in the way that they were interacting with other people or just, you know, and out of an abundance of caution, they shut down. Yeah, I, so I'm trying to number, guess like which staff member it was because like if it's a head strength coach who gets it, that person does interact with almost everybody. So exactly that, that when I you do think, your contract think, tracing, it, it would show up. Yes. And so I think, and, and that's okay. Now think about that. Every single program has that exact issue that your head strength and your assistant strength coaches are going to be impacting with everyone in all different pods. So it kind of blows up the pod system. So that's a problem for literally everyone. Well, I think the 16 team whack taught us that the pod system just doesn't work in college football. Nicole, I think we, we, we knew that 20 years ago. Well, but the thing is like pods work for voluntary workouts for sure. I don't know how they work for like fall camp. Yeah. It's, it's going to be different. And you know, like I wrote about a week and a half ago at this point, it's going to come down to how much risk the coaches, athletic directors, university presidents are willing to tolerate because there's just, there, there's an inherent risk in, in this. And uh, I was talking to Cole Kublik from the SEC network uh, a little while ago. And, and he's like, but don't football players already accept a certain amount of risk. Isn't that sort of underlying in the game? I said, yeah, I mean, it, I don't know if you take that into account. I, I don't know if you can, but I'm sure if you ask the players, it'd be like, yeah, we already know we're taking a risk. Yeah. But it, it certainly does feel different when you're talking about like then impacting and interacting with the rest of the world. Um, right. You know, I mean, cause you're talking about coaches and their wives and their kids, and you're talking about, you know, people's family members. And then, you know, at the same time, and we still, you know, we've gotten, you know, 20 minutes into this podcast and we haven't talked about regular students supposed to come back to campuses, which is another reason, you know, when you're looking at these scheduling models and you're going to see some that are going to delay the start of the season. Part of that is because they wanted to get data about what does it mean to have regular students back on campus. And a number of schools have decided they're starting online only. So you're not going to get that data at a place like Clemson before you start. Guess what? There's a lot of coaches and ADs, and I'm sure you've been told this too, that are praying that their campuses don't bring anybody back, that they stay well, right, online. It's the safest. Yeah, it's the safest setup for them. But this has been a point of contention for the last four months, right? You know, are you supposed to be saying because of, you know, the challenges to the amateurism model that these are just like regular students? You know, I wonder about that, Nicole, because as we talked about with the divisions and everything else where this is a time when you can do some radical different stuff. College sports was already going to look radically different from a rule standpoint this time next year anyway. Maybe they just say, well, we're changing anyway. Let's get, because I I do think because of the, and you've talked to, to athletic directors about this too, the amount of money they would have to cut if they don't play football, the amount of people they would have to lay off, fire, whatever, you name it. They're going to do everything within their power to play because they need that money. I think there's a, there's a point where they're going to say optics be damned. I don't think it's, it's violating the CDC's regulations. I don't think they can get away with that. But I think if it's an optics thing, they're going to blow right through it and try to play. So the, the only, only issue there is, well, I mean, there's a few, but so they're still being challenged in court as a system, right? They're saying these are not employees. 
They are student athletes. Right. How does this not become the first exhibit in their case against them if they're playing FBS football in a world where regular students aren't on campus, they're online only, and every other sport is shut down? Because, because if everybody wants to opt out, they can. I mean, the Big Ten, the Pac-12, and the SEC have already announced that. I'm assuming anybody else who tries to play is going to announce that, that any player who doesn't want to play doesn't have to play, and they still have a scholarship. Guys, we got to talk about barbecue right now. And, and if you love barbecue like you know I do, you know it takes a lot of time. You're working. You're maybe taking care of the kids while you work from home right now. It's tough. You don't have time to smoke something for 16 hours. Well, let me tell you a little bit about chicken ribs because you can get that same smoke flavor and a lot fewer calories, a lot less fat, and it's delicious and the kids are going to love it too. So chickenribs.com. Sounds weird. Chicken ribs. It's chicken thighs covered in pork rub, smoked, and they taste and eat like a rib. It's a huge hunk of meat on a small bone. Tastes very much like a pork rib, but a quarter of the fat, a lot less calories. Oh, by the way, really, really easy to get going because listen, we, we don't have time to smoke stuff. But if you go to chickenribs.com, they will send you your chicken ribs. You thaw them out. When you're ready, you put them in your air fryer. You warm them up on the grill. You warm them up in the oven. And they taste like they came right from the smokehouse. I got a 10-year-old who doesn't eat anything. He ate a chicken rib and said, this is better than real ribs. I'm telling you, you can satisfy some pretty picky eaters with these things. We know great barbecue tastes time, but chicken ribs makes it easy. Fully cooked from the smokehouse. Authentic barbecue ready in just minutes. Go to www.chickenribs.com. Use the code ANDY today to get $10 off plus free two-day shipping. Who doesn't love perfectly smoked meat? You know, watching games now that they're back on TV? Or maybe you're just making dinner for the family. Chickenribs.com. Use the code ANDY for $10 off plus free two-day shipping. I, I I don't see what I mean. What else are you supposed to do in that situation? You have to let them have their scholarship and not play. No, absolutely. Yeah. I'm just yeah. saying. I'm saying in terms of like, can you actually play on? Yeah, because you're not point. forcing anybody to do anything at that point. You you're not you're not forcing them to play. They get the same benefit, the scholarship without playing. And you know, because that's that's the sort of the BS you know argument that the NCAA has been making the whole time in court is well they're just regular students they don't have to be. right well of course if they didn't play football they wouldn't have that scholarship so they're not right. just regular but but in this case you actually could say hey look we treated them just like a regular student we let them keep their scholarship even though they weren't doing the thing they got the scholarship for okay that's fair i just think that there all it would also be a hard sell to say it's the, the perception and some truth of it would be that it, the campus is not safe to have regular students there. It's I, not safe to bring them out. I, I also think there's there's a piece of that that's going to be people realize a lot of that's going to blow up anyway. Right. So. Right, and that yeah. and that's fine. Right, yeah. you've got name, image, and likeness coming down the pike. Like you've got significant changes to the model already coming. And like, listen, this is this is something we're going to continue to hear if you know more and more schools go online only. It is safer for the athletes to be the only ones there. It is easier to only worry about contact tracing one team versus all of your fall athletes. Like you're going to continue to hear those things. And I totally believe that those things are true. 
I just think that it makes it harder to move on you know, but again, maybe I'm relying too much on optics. You're like, you're like the optics be damned. Well, I get and, it. And I'll, the- I'll tell you why, why they would be optics be damned because they remember all of this stuff, no matter what it is, defending themselves in court, everything else is to try to avoid killing the golden goose that has helped make a lot of these people very rich. You know, what would kill the golden goose, not, not playing, not playing football this year. And so I think they'd ha- now they'd have to give up more. Because if you do that, you're going to have to say to the football players, you saved us. We recognize that you saved us. We're going to have to reward you for that. Or there, there, there's, going to be ha- there's going to have to be some sort of I, compensation might not be the right word for it, but recognition that without football players, none of this happens. So, Or maybe it's just a, an acknowledgement to the players that – you have way more power than, than you've realized and you might want to try to use that. But that's kind of already happening now, right? Like, oh, I, yeah. you know, I'm and, and we already seen it, you know, a little bit. I actually thought it would be more of it, you know, kind of coming back as playing in a pandemic. Like I thought there would be more resistance to coming back for voluntary. Workouts. No, cause cause football players want to play football. Like they right. don't want to do workouts. The, the idea of just doing workouts and not getting the games out of it. It's a complete waste of time. No, and and I get that, but you've seen little bits of it, right? You've seen tweets from players at Arizona and Michigan State. You've seen UCLA players like come together about like the health and safety guidelines that they didn't help create because they don't have a union, right? So like, you know, I mean, I I think I think you're right that I think that there are conversations and angles to all of this that hadn't been explored previously. But I think part of the reason that these players have spoken up about social social injustices and things because like they know this is the most power they will ever have well, they, because- right they they know that and that's very important to them and i think right. that's why they've they've chosen that it's the most important thing to them that the coming back and playing you got to remember that most football players just want to play games and right so that's important to them so they're not gonna they're, they're trying not to do anything that's going to keep them from getting to do that Right. No, and that's true. And that's totally fair. I I just think, um, I just don't know if like an agreement of like, thank you so much for playing because we really needed it. And oh no, here, and here, and here's some cash would, would be, would be, I I mean, (laughs) I, I, I think that I would say if I have a player, Hey, look, you know, we appreciate that, that y'all gave us scholarships, but we saved your asses this year. So, uh, let's take 20% of that television contract. And you just spread it out amongst us. You're welcome. <laughs> I don't think they're going to do that. But I also don't think they can. I think they know they can't go with what they've been doing. The thing was, they were already going to change what they've been doing. The question is, does this change it further? Fair. That's fair. I still think that ultimately a lot of this stuff is going to end up being decided for them. Um, you know, Chris Vanini and I wrote a story last week that I think is only going to become more and more relevant about state travel restrictions. Yes. I mean, that, that is, um, that's something people aren't even considering. If you have to quarantine for 14 days after you show up, you're not playing a game. Right. And, and so you get to the point where, um, you're going to need exemptions if you're going to be allowed to do that, which is what baseball teams were given, except for the Toronto Blue Jays. The Canadian government did not give them an exemption to this, which is why they were homeless. Um, but you could have places, you know, the Connecticut governor has kind of made that clear about UConn not getting an exemption, likely to not get it. There's two teams on their schedule that they could play right now. 
Well, it's UMass could they they could yeah, play UMass, UMass and UCon- over and over and over yes, again. They, they, they should play, play ten it, games against UMass. Yes, a home and home. I I've I've had this conversation with Ryan Bamford, UMass athletic director. Um, have joked about that. Yet, like, it's you're gonna get to the point though where that that's gonna be a restriction with some of these conferences that stretch and cover a lot of different states that have a lot of different well, rules. Well, exactly, and this is something you and I have talked about a lot since all this started. That if you are the ACC, the Big Ten, the Pac-12, where you stretch for a large portion of the country and you cover states that are very different in terms of population, in terms of ideology that things are very different for you. The SEC and the Big 12, there are differences in the states that are in those footprints, but not nearly as much as if, say, let's say the ACC, which stretches from Florida to Massachusetts. Right, although I will say, um, and so again, looking into like the state travel restrictions, um, there are a lot of states that have recommended 14-day quarantines that are not mandatory right now, and Kentucky is one of them. And basically half of the SEC they're asking people to quarantine for two weeks when they come back from traveling there. So it's possible that those leagues, that it would impact them. But again, the idea is you need an exemption. You need the state leadership to help you have and, this. And, and that's why I would never worry about that with the SEC. Because right. if, if you say, I will not grant you the exemption that will allow you to play football games, you will not be reelected. Right. So, but again, when, when we talk about like the impact of those types of decisions, like I feel like a couple months ago, we were talking about, oh, how many people can you have at a game and the stands and fans and things like that. And you're like, okay, that's going to come from the state. That's going to be the governor's decision based on public health experts. There are other things that are going to be affected like travel. And so um, even if you go conference only, you're still going to run into some, some potential obstacles there unless everyone gets the exemption, which again is a little bit different than 30 baseball teams doing it when you have, you know, varying levels and and conferences and and many more teams. So that's going to be just something to keep an eye on, too, as we start to get some, you know, if they play, schedules to look at. I am really looking forward to that UMass-UConn 10 home and 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 home. Yes. Yes. Okay. Conspiracy theorist, cynical Andy is going, do you think somebody at UConn kind of backdoored to the governor and was like, hey, can you not give us an exemption so we can not lose during, money on football this year? During their first year of independence? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> We're going to lose a ton of money. Could you just not give us that exemption? We're going to save it all. Uh, but I mean, again, like, so these are things, even within, like, if the ACC goes to a 10 plus one, um, Pennsylvania has recommendations for 14-day quarantines for both Carolinas and Florida. That affects Temple. That affects Pitt. So just, you know, when you're looking at these schedules, when we get them, and again, we're not entirely sure how detailed they'll be, but that is something that will need to be addressed. And all of the the athletic departments are having conversations with the governor's office. This is absolutely something that is there. It's just not necessarily a slam dunk. We have a new sponsor called Artifact, and this is a really, really cool idea. Basically, you can make your own personalized podcast episodes about whatever you want. Give them to friends, to family. I would give any amount of money, any amount of money, to have my mom talking about her life so that my kids could listen to it. She passed away before they were born, and I've told them all about her, but I would love to hear her voice talking about her life. You can do something like that with Artifact Now. You don't even think about it right now. 
but it's one of those things that you will cherish and love. All you have to do, do what I did. You go to heyartifact.com, you tell them a few basic things about what you want the artifact to be about and invite folks for interviews. It was really easy, it took a few minutes. I'll be sharing my personal episode with you when it's ready, but for now, you can go to heyartifact.com and hear some samples. There's a ton of ways to use Artifact to capture stories with your friends and family. And when you're ready to make an Artifact of your own, use the code ANDY to get $40 off your first one. That's heyartifact.com and use the code ANDY for $40 off. It's a great idea. There's so many different ways to use this. Family histories. I don't know. Maybe you you are going to propose to somebody and you're going to do the story of how you met, and then you're going to talk to, to their parents and interview them and your friends and interview them, and at the end, you pop the question on Artifact. Who wouldn't want that? That, that is the ultimate keepsake. Go to heyartifact.com, code Andy, and give it a try. Nicole, we're going to have to have you back to break down the schedules, and I really hope the Big Ten puts out like a six-game schedule and says four, t- four games TBD. Because then yeah, we start I mean, filling that in too. Why not? And then just figure out like at that point who's competitive for like the conference race. And yes. Just, you know, wait. This guy. Rutgers, we you should, can just sit the rest out. It's good. We we should just do this every year. I mean, like we don't need these things planned out. 15 no, years this would be so much more fun if right before they started practice, here's your schedule. Yes, I agree. Yeah, it would just be this. That's why I really, really hope that we get some creativity in these schedules because, and I hope they, I hope every single leaves league starts from scratch on them because why not this is the only time ever where you can do this and actually be creative with it and see if something works the season may have an well will have an asterisk may may or not may or may not happen but if it's going to happen at least enjoy it i think i think that's the message here yes and give us the umass yukon home and 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 yes, home. I will watch every every version of that, every level of the best of 10 there. You will not. Yes, I will. No. Maybe it's like my third screen, but I will watch all of it. <laughs> I promise. Give us If you give us college football, I will watch that. All right, so we will have a bet. If UConn and UMass <laughs> have a home and home and home and home and home series, we will have random checks on Nicole every Saturday <laughs> to make sure she is watching UConn, UMass. And if... And if she isn't, there will be punishment. There will be a walk of shame of some kind, like where you're going to have to wear, you're going to have to find the Civil Conflict Trophy and just walk down a street that is safe to walk down that you're allowed to be on. So probably, you know, in where you live in Chicago. So, and you have to hold the Civil Conflict Trophy aloft as people, as people yell Diaco at you. Okay, well, honestly, this is good on twofold. One, it's just I shake your hand virtually and agree to this. But number two, you know how much I love finding random people in college football and like finding a trophy that has not been found is also a good challenge. Oh, it's going to be like the third sequel to National Treasure. It's going to be <laughs> amazing. Nicole, thank you so much. Anytime, Andy. Thank you.